Shalom. <laughs> yeah, you can say shalom. shalom. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm your speaker for the evening. <laughs> Sorry, it may not be what you expected. Uh, uh, I'm a builder. Uh, to be more precise, uh, a carpenter. I uh, had a little family business in the Jewish hick town of Nazareth. Nobody expected anything good to ever come from Nazareth. My name is, uh, is Joe, Joe Bar David. You see, uh, you would might, might say Davidson, but uh, what's that? <laughs> in my language, uh, 
Well, anyway, in my language, Ba means son of. So, uh, Joe uh, Ba David means son of. For, for instance, uh, Barabbas means son of rabbi. Uh, so, uh, actually, the Barabbas kids, they live near us. They just live down the street. Very religious, extremely patriotic. But I was Joe Ba David. That's right, Joseph son of David, of the house and lineage of David. Realistically, though, that didn't mean a whole lot because there was a lot of Davidsons. And even though I was a, hey, who's that? <laughs> I don't know. I just asked, they asked me to speak and there's stuff showing up. Okay, that's kind of magic. Well, anyway, there was a lot of us Davidsons, I was saying. And even though I was a David's son, I didn't feel like no son of David. I, uh, I felt forsaken. In fact, I, I think that, that we all kind of did. You see, for 300 years, we'd been overrun by Greeks and then for 60 years by Roman oppressors. And we wondered, where was God? I didn't see him anywhere. I figured that he was not with us. Where was the father of Israel? I know it's different in, in your day, but in my day, if you didn't know where your father was or, or who your father was, you didn't know where you was. You didn't know who you was. We had an ugly name for that. And if that was you, you had a chip on your shoulder and an argument in your heart. You always had to prove something, uh, justify uh, something. I I'm saying that I felt like, and I'm sorry to use this word, but I think it's necessary. I felt like a bastard. Most everybody else, most everybody else did too. More than once, more than once, Roman soldiers came into my shop screaming, Hey Jew boy, make a cross for a Jew! They knew how to make a cross. It's just two pieces of timber, but they, but they would yell at me and make me do it just to humiliate me. And so I, I, so I would. I'd, I'd lay out the, the timber and I'd put the pieces together and, and while I'm doing it, while I'm doing it, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just shaken with anger and, and, and rage, uh, wondering if it might be somebody I know that would end up on this on this cross that I made just to get through it. I would, uh, just to get through it, I, I would imagine uh, uh, the Roman, one of those Roman soldiers on this, on this cross and I'm, I'm pounding him into the cross. And sometimes, sometimes I think of the Messiah. I think of the Messiah that would help pull me through. The promised Messiah, the anointed one, 
son of David, who was prophesied to come and liberate our people from the oppressors. Maranatha, that's what we say. It, it meant, come Lord, come Lord. And I knew that he would come. And so I pictured the Messiah uh, crucifying Romans, crucifying Roman centurions on crosses. He'd show him what crosses was made for. Allah says it. Cursed is the man that hangs on the tree. And so I pictured Romans on the tree. I made one for you. Instead of Jews, Romans lining the streets to Jerusalem. I hated the Romans. I cursed the Romans. And I wondered, where's God? Where's the Messiah? Does God hate me? Do I hate me? Just a forsaken little, you know the word. Those were dark times. And uh, I was in a dark place, in a very, very dark world. But I had a light. <laughs> Her name was Mary. <laughs> and there was just something about Mary. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was Babe Alicia's. Babe Alicia's. Yeah, kind of like you. How old are you? What's your name? What's your name? Becky. Becky. Yeah. She was about, how old are you? 17? Oh, she was younger than you and cute like you. Yeah, she was something else. And we was betrothed. Me and, me and Mary brought some notes because, you know, I'm, I'm a carpenter. I'm not a preacher. I don't want to forget nothing. But me and Mary were betrothed. In my day, that was like married, except that you weren't married. So you didn't live together. You lived apart in order to prove that you were faithful, in order to prove your fidelity. Now, I didn't need Mary to prove her fidelity to me. I mean, Mary was like a saint, okay? A saint. Um, saint Babelicious, that was Mary. <laughs> I loved, I just loved Mary. <laughs> but her relatives, my in-laws, freaks. They're just freaks. <laughs> One day, Mary comes to my shop, and she tells me that she's going to have to leave. Uh, she's all troubled, said she has to go to Judea or something like that, and, and to see her, her old, barren, eccentric Aunt Elizabeth because she's pregnant. I laugh out loud. Mary leaves. Those three months were just agony. When Mary returned, I was so glad to see her. I thought that she looked a little different, you know, maybe gained a little weight, perhaps. 
I'm a carpenter. I'm not a gynecologist, all right? People started talking. There was, there was rumors. And, and so finally, I sat Mary down. I said, Mary, um, you got to help me out here. Explain what's going on. The, the sudden uh, trips, the, the rumors, the, the mood changes, the, the unexpected weight gain. And that's when she said the two words that changed my life forever. I'm pregnant. And then she just falls into my arms weeping. I jumped up and, and I mumbled, who? And that's when she said it. God. Where do you go with that? <laughs> Not expecting that. God. 14-year-old virgin pregnant girl from Hicktown, Israel, impregnated by God. That's not just adultery. That's blasphemy. I was furious. I was hurt. The law prescribes stoning for sins such as these, and the law made sense to me, but I just didn't have the stomach for it. I couldn't harm Mary, and Mary had never lied to me before, but, but I'm sorry, the words Messiah and bastard just don't go together. So I uh, resolved to divorce Mary quietly. But my heart wasn't quiet. In my heart, I was screaming, my God, why have you forsaken me? I was a, I was a good Jew on the outside, you know. I would say my prayers to the Father, but in my heart, I was screaming, my God, why have you forsaken me? I felt like a bastard. And when you feel like a bastard, you, you kind of act like one too. I remember just crying out to him, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? Ironic, huh? <laughs> yeah, really soon I had a dream. Freaked me out. One of these angel things. It shows up by my bed, and it said, Joseph bar David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he himself will save his people from their sins. And then I remembered the prophet Isaiah. He said, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, Emmanuel. That means God with us. I woke from my dream. I ran over to Mary's place. I, I fell on my knees in front of her. I begged forgiveness. In the morning, uh, in spite of all the ridicule, I took her back to my house, the house that I had been building for the two of us. <laughs> Don't worry. There wasn't any hanky-panky, okay? Because I had a feeling God was watching this one close. <laughs> the angel thing had said to me that I should name him Jesus. That's English. Jesus is the Greek. Joshua is the Hebrew. Yeshua is the Aramaic. It means God saves. And it was a pretty common name in my, in my day. Already in Nazareth, we had a Jesus Barabbas, and now we had a Jesus Bar David, 
Or was it Jesus by God? Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, Messiah. Oh, I got to tell you, I would just picture Romans bowing down in front of Jesus by David, my boy, the Messiah. Now, we weren't exactly sure what all of this meant. But one thing we knew for sure, and that was that God was in it. And if God was in it, it would be smooth sailing from here on out. Health and wealth and gold coins, double-knit polyester, the whole thing. And above all, no crosses. That's what I expected. Well, Mary's time was very near. When the Romans announced that they would be taking the census. Now, it didn't occur to them that you could, like, mail a flyer to you or that they could go to you. No, you had to go to them, to the town of your origin, Bethlehem of Judea, city of David, seven miles south of Jerusalem, we arrive at night. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Silent night, holy night, all is calm. Nice songs, but that's a joke, right? I mean, you got a Bible, read it. It was the census. Bethlehem was just going crazy. It was nuts. And uh, Mary's pains were starting. And like I said, I'm a carpenter. I'm not a freaking gynecologist. I didn't know what to do. So we go to the inn. The inn is full. I say to the innkeeper, hey, pal, my wife is pregnant. The guy looks at me and says, that's not my fault. I was so angry, I just fired back at him. It ain't my fault either. <laughs> the guy just looked kind of confused. We found the stable. I made a little fire. Mary was groaning. And I'm really stressing out. I mean, did I screw up Christmas? Did God hate me? A barn, flies, animals, crap. Not what I expected. And I couldn't get something out of my mind. The angel said, he will save his people from their sins. <sighs> Why didn't the angel say he will save, it will save his people from other people's sins? Like Roman sins. Mary screamed. The baby was uh, coming. No time to think. Maranatha, come Lord. And what a way to come. And what an introduction to female anatomy for me. I mean, you know, any new time dad, first time dad is he's going to be surprised by what's going on there. But keep in mind that I had never been even introduced to the, to the female anatomy. And in my religion, um, menstruation, body fluid, all that kind of stuff was unclean. So holy mackerel, this was not how and where I expected to meet Messiah. You know, any dad is wondering, what's going to come out of there? <laughs> Let alone if they told you it's the Son of God. I mean, would he like glow? 
would radiant beams emanate from his holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. I didn't know. And then I was holding him. Just a, a breath and a little bit of naked flesh covered in nothing but bruises, blood, and fluid, mucus, like spit. And you know, birth hurts. Mary was crying. The baby was crying. And then I said, Yeshua? And he stopped. He knew me. He knew me. I, I watched Mary wash that little body of his, and then we swaddled him in some rags that we found. Mary held him to her breast, and he suckled. Mary acted like it was the most natural thing in all the world, holding him, nursing him, suckling him, kissing him. I said, Mary, do you really think that it's him? She said, shut up, Joe. <laughs> I said, no, seriously, Mary. I, I mean, seriously, there's like some major, major theology going on here. And she said, shut up, Joe. And so I did. I, I shut up and I just watched and I wondered. Actually, I wondered as I wondered. <laughs> what if? What if this was God somehow? What if? This is what uh, God wanted. Had God ever been held like this? Was this what God dreamed of on the sixth day of creation? Was this what the serpent hated so very much? Uh, was this what God desired so very much? Uh, a kiss, a touch, communion. Such incredible thoughts filled my mind. If this was really God, then perhaps he was not just fire and smoke and power and might. Those things was just like his outside, the hem of his garment. But this was like his inside from the bosom of the Father, the very heart of God. This is what he truly was. Had he come dressed in his glory, Mary would have been just consumed in fire. And he would have got no kisses. Not like these kisses. Tender, passionate, freely given. He would have got no kisses like these kisses if he had come in his glory. And then I thought, maybe, maybe, maybe this is his glory. I watched. I wondered. I don't know how to describe it. I always feared God and so honored God with my lips, even if my heart was far from him. But for a moment, for a moment, I thought, hey, you know, I like God. <laughs> See, that night, God conquered my heart. 
he captured my heart with naked weakness, covered in nothing but bruises, blood, and spit. The baby was asleep now. I said, Mary, Mary, could it be him? Could this be the incarnate essence of Yahweh seeking some sort of existential communion through the canonic yet somewhat, uh, no, ultimately charismatic expression of the divine nature itself? She looked at me and she said, Shut up, Joe. He's sleeping. So we, we laid him in a manger made of wood, made by a carpenter. And, and as we did, suddenly all these incredible thoughts just seemed to evaporate. Uh, common manger, common carpenter, common Joseph, common uh, baby, common unwed teenage peasant mother. <laughs> People were walking by on the street outside murmuring about the, uh, the sorry sight that they saw inside. <laughs> I would have too. You would have too. You do. Because nobody, nobody expects the king of kings in a place like that. And then, and then all around me, Shepherds. Not what I expected. I mean, maybe I thought maybe Herod and, and the high priest would, would show up, you know, wanting to see the king of kings saying, sorry, we missed the message and now it's time for you to come to the palace or something. But no. Shepherds. Everywhere. You see, in my day, shepherds were like Jew trash. And these shepherds, they were like drunk. I mean, bug-eyed, trembling, shaking, talking on and on about angels and, and visions and the sign, baby wrapped in swollen clothes and lying in a manger. Why would God inform shepherds and not priests and, and kings? I mean, keep in mind those kings was pagan wizards, not kings like you think. Why would God not inform uh, kings and, and priests? And what kind of sign is a, a baby in a food trough? After a while, we, we sang to him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear ancient of days. <laughs> and then Mary, she let each one of those grimy shepherds hold God. And he seemed to like it. I don't think God ever had a party like that before. No fire, no earthquake, no acts of God, no miracles from God. Just God. We celebrated just God, his mere existence, the, the naked heart of God and shepherds. And then I remembered David, King David. He was a shepherd and a man after God's own heart. 
Oh, you remember the stories how uh, the prophet Simeon grabbed him in the temple and said, this child is set for the rise and the fall of many and the sword shall pierce your heart as well. Uh, you remember how I had a dream, another freaky dream, and we fled uh, to Egypt and then, and then, you know, Herod, he killed all the toddlers in Bethlehem and, and uh, those, uh, those pagan wise men, uh, wizards came and, and then I had another freaky weird dream and, and we moved back to Nazareth and, and and all this while, I, I just fell in love with my boy, Yeshua, Yeshi. But I got to tell you, really kind of stressed me out being his dad. <laughs> you know, I went to the great dad seminar at the local synagogue, but <laughs> they didn't have nothing on raising no Messiah. You should have seen me trying to explain to him the facts of life. Yeah, that was a joke. When he was 12, we went to the Passover feast in Jerusalem. About a day's journey back from Jerusalem, from the feast, and we realized that Yeshua wasn't with us. We figured that he had been with some relatives, but he wasn't, he wasn't there. In other words, we lost the Messiah. That's bad. We lost the Messiah, so we run back to Jerusalem and we find him in the temple. When he sees us, he says, didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? Kind of like he wasn't lost, we was lost, but now we was found because we was in his father's house. You see, God was his father, but that didn't take anything away from me. It just added things to me. In fact, I taught him things. God used me to teach him things. We worked in the shop together. One day, I, I got a splinter in my eye. Yeshi, he runs over to help me, and in the process, he gouges my eye. I, I just scream, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then I, I get a good look at him, and there's a splinter in his eye, only bigger. I say, Yeshi, don't go around taking splinters out of other people's eyes when you got a log in your own eye. <laughs> we laughed about that one for a long time. <laughs> And I taught him how to make yoke for oxen. He was known for making yoke so easy on the oxen that almost any burden was light. One day, we're working in the shop, clamping together a table, and Yeshi, he gets his finger, he gets his finger clamped by accident. Really hurts, you know, it's bleeding like, like crazy. And uh, I, could, I look at him and I can tell he's about to cry. I grab him and I look him in his face and I say, Yeshi, Yeshi, look at me. It's good. Yeshi, to make anything good, you got to put your flesh and blood into it. Yeah, that's part of the gift. What it means to be a builder, a creator. You see, the Father, fathered the Messiah through me. And I never expected that. The rumors persisted, and uh, yeah, I, I expected that. The, the other kids would tease him, especially the Barabbas kids, so religious and so cruel. They called him Jesus Babahu, son of who? Son of no one. And they called him Bastard. <laughs> and technically, they was right. 
And I use that word because if you've ever been called that word, I want you to know that you're in good company. They called him bastard. And here's the amazing thing about Yeshua. There was no one that was ever less bastardly than him, less forsaken than him. I mean, in him there was no fear, no doubt, no need to justify and defend, no insecurity whatsoever. And it wasn't pride. It was just the opposite. It was impossible to offend him. I mean, the other kids, they would, they would tease him, and if he wept, he wept for them. Like they was lost, they was forsaken. Uh, they was fatherless, like they had no father, and he did. He knew the father. I mean, the father. He was so secure in that love, he'd like forget himself, he'd, he'd lose himself lost in, in the wonder of you. And you see, that kind of bothered me and Mary because he was like a, a walking party. Party. Is that how you say it? A party. Just with his eyes, he would like throw a party for anybody that he, that he met. It didn't matter who they was, where they was, where they were from. He couldn't help but rejoice in their mere existence. Jesus was happy. I mean, blessed. When persecuted and reviled, blessed. When he mourned, blessed. See, it wasn't like he didn't feel pain. Oh, he felt pain uh, more than anyone. You, you should have seen when the dog died. I never saw such mourning, such, such weeping. But in all that sorrow, uh, underneath, there, there was like no... No doubt, no fear, no forsakenness. For Yeshi, each experience, each breath was like a, a cup handed to him by the Father, the, the Father that he trusted absolutely and implicitly. So he drank the cup to its very last drop with this wild, radical abandon. Nobody, nobody enjoyed their dinner as much as Yeshua. <laughs> and nobody enjoyed that you enjoyed your dinner as much as Yeshua. Nobody enjoyed fasting as much as Yeshua. I thought that was, that was really weird. Nobody laughed as deeply and as fully as Yeshua. Yeshua, uh, Yeshua. I, one day, <laughs> Yeshua, one day I find Yeshua behind the shop. He's laughing, singing. Dancing, running around dancing, singing, laughing. I just watch him for a while, amazed. Finally, I said, Yeshi, what are you doing? He said, Papa, I'm saying my prayers. <laughs> it was like his yoke was easy. Not because there was no burden. It was how he bore it in perfect faith. Perfect faith in the goodness, power, and love of our Father in heaven. You know, he looked like everyone else, but every breath was like a violent revolution against this world, against the, the rulers and the rules of this world. You know, this world runs on fear and anxiety 
and forsakenness. And Yeshua had none of that in him. And so either A, you surrendered to him and his walking party, or B, you wanted to kill him for being the world's biggest insult to everything that you have and everything that you are. You know, Yeshua never judged a soul. And yet his very existence was the judgment of this whole world. Just like old Simeon said, he is set for the rise and the fall of many, a sign that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed. What you think of Jesus by David is your judgment. Jesus Barabbas led a revolution, was what I expected. I used to have his heart. I understood his heart. He played by the rules of this world, and so he set out to crucify all of his enemies. He could not conceive of someone that would want to set out to be crucified by all of his enemies. In the end, and terrified of Yeshua's freedom, Pilate, the governor, he gave my people a choice. He said, who would you have me release for you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus Messiah? In other words, what kind of Jesus do you want? What kind of salvation do you want? Liberation from a few Romans for a few years? Or liberation from your sins and your forsakenness and your darkness? But you see, we kind of like our darkness, our hatred. We think it defines us. I understand that. My people, they chanted for Jesus Barabbas. And the father handed Yeshua a cup. And he drank it to the last drop. It was a yoke, a crossbeam, fit for him from the foundation of the world. I wasn't around then, but I saw it. I wasn't in your world then, but I saw it. I can't explain how exactly, but it's like the prophet said, and every eye will look on the one whom they have pierced. They nailed Yeshi to a cross. my cross. I don't know if it was a cross I made, and yet it was my cross. As he was hanging there and the sky grew black, he lifted his head and he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's my line. 
That's my curse. Yeshi was cursed for me. And from that place, he spoke to his father for me. His father and my father. He entered my fear, my sorrow, my sin, my own little hell. I never expected God in Mary. And I never expected God in a food trough in, in Bethlehem. And I sure never expected God on a cross. And I sure as hell never expected God to show up in hell. In particular, my hell. My forsakenness. My sin. My anger. But that day, Good Friday, it was Christmas in hell. Jesus cried, Father, forgive them. And then it is finished. And into your hands I commit my spirit. The earth shook. Yeshua died. Tombs were opened. And the God-forsaken Roman fell on his knees before Yeshua. But not how I expected. Not in terror, but in admiration, in awe. He said, surely this man was the son of God. You see, he was not forsaken. He had become a son of God too. <laughs> I expected God to conquer Rome, but not like that. Not with Christmas in a Roman. Yeshua was hanging there, naked as the day he was born. Naked weakness covered in nothing but bruises, blood, and spit. And then I saw the women. The sword had pierced Mary's heart. But now there were several Marys. They ran up to the cross as soon as they could. There's kissing his feet. They took his body down. They washed it. They held it. They kissed it. And I thought to myself, hey, this, is, this reminds me of something. And then I remembered that night in Bethlehem when God conquered me with naked weakness, covered in nothing but bruises, blood, and spit. You see, Yeshua was born into this world in Bethlehem. And he was born out of this world at Jerusalem. At the cross, you was watching a birth from inside the womb that is this dark world. Yeshua was the firstborn out of our world. That's what your Bible says. Firstborn of all creation. In 40 days, he sent his spirit into Romans, Jews, all the nations of the world. There at the Pentecost, he sent his spirit that we would be born of his spirit, born from above, born into his his new creation the prophets they said that one day God will fill all things you see it started that night in Bethlehem 
it ends at a new heaven and a new earth. Like the angel said, good news of great tidings that will be to all the people. Just before Jesus died, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Take, eat. And in the same way, he took a cup and he said, this is my blood of the covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you. If you refuse the one that fills all things, the builder, you are choosing nowhere and nothing, death and darkness and hell. However, if you surrender yourself and receive him, only takes a mustard seed of faith. Just say, hey, if you're there, come on in. <laughs> you surrender yourself and you receive him. He's born in you. And you receive all things with him. And one day, like me, I think he will say, I never expected God in a, in a food trough. In Bethlehem, I never expected God in a teenage virgin peasant girl. <laughs> I never uh, expected God on a, on a cross. And I shouldn't have expected God in hell, especially my hell. And I never expected God in a, in a Roman or an Arab terrorist or my worst enemy. And I shouldn't have expected God to fill all things. I shouldn't have expected that everything would be Merry Christmas. <laughs> and most of all, I never, ever, ever expected God in me. Understand? You are not a bastard. You are not forsaken. Yeshua is the heart of the builder, our Father, and He is building you with his own flesh and blood. Pray with the pastor, would you? Let's pray. Pray this if you, if you can. If you agree with me, you can just pray it silently in your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Save me. Be born in me. In Jesus' name.
Amen. If you pray that prayer, we invite you to come forward, tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup. The darker cups are wine. The lighter cups are juice. If you don't want communion, we still invite you to come forward. Uh, You can just hold up your hand like this to the communion servers and say no thanks. But we hope that you would still grab a candle and light a candle, go back to your seat, and uh, sing Christmas carols, worship songs with us. But body crushed, bruised, blood spit the heart of God in you Christmas Merry Christmas Peace to them, honor them.
the blessing of His hand. Don't give me His love, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive Him, the divine intercession. became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. And we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. Believe the gospel. In Jesus' name, Merry Christmas. <laughs>